creator of this fabulous show, host and writer for Women's Wrestling Talk and color commentator feature on the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro and Black Girl Magic 2022, and soon to be Spartan Wrestling. I am so happy to be with you guys on this Saturday. I know it's a little bit different because I usually don't do shows on Saturday, but here we are and it's a relaxing weekend. I hope you're having a fantastic relaxing weekend along with a really good week as well. Um, So yeah, I'm so happy to be here on this show with a friend of mine who I have been, you know, close with and shared spaces with multiple times, who is such a fabulous content creator and amazing cosplayer and a warrior of amazing blurts everywhere. And I'm, and he's also an amazing wrestling fan as well. So please welcome to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, Static Jones. How are you, Static? I'm good. Thanks for having me here. That's one heck of an intro. <laughs> yes, I love doing intros. They're fun. <laughs> Especially when the people have such amazing stuff to create an intro out of. I just love doing that and bigging my guests up and making them feel like they're at home and making them feel like they're welcome. So here you are. Yeah, How I'm are here. You? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start off by asking you the question I ask all of my guests, and that is, when did you fall in love with wrestling? Oh, man. Uh, it was around the time when Austin beat Sean for the title for the, and he won his first title belt. Mm-hmm. And around that time, I wasn't really into wrestling. I was still watching cartoons, like watching Power Rangers and stuff like that. And then I got in, and then I made it to, I think it was like third or fourth grade. And I hear everybody talk about how cool Stone Cold Steve Austin was. I hear people talk about it and I never got a chance to see him until, until I was at a friend's house and he, his uncle was, uh, was showing the, the, the WrestleMania pay-per-view where Austin beat Michaels for the title. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to see him in action and I got hooked ever since. Okay, so you're a Stone Cold Steve Austin guy. 
Right. That was like, that was your entryway into that. And that's a really good entryway because when you think of Stone Cold, you know, he's like the seminal wrestler of the 90s. Like, that's the one that a lot of people bring up alongside The Rock and stuff. And then when you think about Shawn Michaels, he's just timeless. Okay, like he's right. always relevant. He's the blueprint for a lot of wrestlers that we see today. Exactly. And that's just an amazing way to start, you know? Like, that's really cool. So... Before we get more off into the wrestling component of it, like how the way we met was through cosplaying and also through, you know, blurred over in the conventions and stuff that Alabama does have, because we do have plenty of conventions that go on in the city and stuff like that. So when exactly did you know within your heart that you were an absolute blurred and that this was something that you came to embrace on your own? Like, what was your journey with that? It started uh, around my senior year in high school. I graduated back in 08. Mm -hmm. And back then, like, nerd culture wasn't as acceptable as it, as it is now. Mm -hmm. And I got bullied for liking a lot of the stuff that I liked. And I, and I just decided to just keep it to myself. But as I got older and as uh, I was getting ready to graduate, so it wasn't going to matter anymore, I just deci decided to embrace it. Yeah, I'm a black kid that likes uh, anime. I'm a black kid that likes Power Rangers. Uh, I'm a I, I listen to rock and metal. One of my favorite bands of all time is Pod. Mm -hmm. And and I and I and I love wrestling. Even though everybody everybody stopped after uh, Austin and The Rock left, that's when a lot of people just jumped off. But I continue to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I 100% get that. Um... Wait, hold on. We got someone in the chat, Najakwin, my love. He said, wasn't he just dressed as a wrestler Super Mario? Yep, that's me. At Momo oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's a great question. And that was a great cosplay. Like, that was a beautiful mixture of the two, you know? And it's so funny you said that you graduated in 2008. And what high school did you go to again? Because you are from here in Alabama. Like yeah, minor high school. Okay. Yeah, see, that's when I started high school in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we just miss each other. <laughs> right. Like, I started high school in 2008 at Fairfield. So it was kind of like the generation is like a generational thing right there. It's like you ended your high school journey and I'm starting mine right at that point. And, you know, when you bring up nerd culture not being as accepted in that, I can definitely understand that. Because when I was in um, at Fairfield, it was kind of like that a little bit as well where you had, you know, your students who weren't interested in manga and, and anime, and it wasn't exactly the most accepted, you know, mainstream-wise, that, you know, if you were sort of looked at as a weirdo or, like, you were strange if you were into something like that, or, you know, you were stereotyped a certain way if you were into stuff like that. Or even now, like, there'll, there'll be certain people who will consider you, like, a child if you're into that sort of thing and you're an adult, but you know, it's just, I find that those people who were into those things when they were younger and still consistently into those things are the strongest people because they knew who they were. They have a strong sense of identity. It's just like they knew who they were and they knew what they liked and what made them happy. So I feel like ultimately you wind up being a healthier and stronger person because of it. So I'm glad that you held on to those things, even though you kept them to yourself mostly as a sense of protection. You kept it to yourself because you knew it, it was what made you happy. So, yeah. When did you realize it was actually becoming more acceptable? Around the time 
where the MCU was starting to get popular. Like when the Avengers movie first came out, that's when I noticed that. Uh, that's why I got a glimpse of 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 it becoming more mainstream. Because when Avengers came in, it became like one of the the most successful uh, superhero movies out there at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed more and more people was coming into the anime community. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I like some of the anime now, but I, I, I like it's something about '90s anime that has has its charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I like Cowboy Bebop. I like uh, Trigon. I like uh, to to a lot of to a lot of the hardcore fans. Uh, I like the Giver. That's a, that's old school, right there. Okay, like I've never heard of the Giver. It's uh, it's pretty graphic. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you want to like challenge yourself, go right ahead. <laughs> I can't I can't go into full detail. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's good. Like, oh, another comment. <laughs> 90s anime goat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I like yeah. I like most of the current anime. I like uh Demon Slayer. I like uh uh My Hero Academia. Uh I, shoot, I I like Naruto, okay. I, I'm a One Piece guy. I know a lot of people don't like One Piece, but hey, I stuck with it. I stuck. Uh, I'm still watching some episodes. I made it to when Ace got killed off. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, I know, like, technically when I think about One Piece or even when I think about Dragon Ball Z, um, they sort of remind me of Grey's Anatomy and how they sort of lasted long and found a way to stay relevant over the years. Right. Because right. I remember my first foray into anime was Sailor Moon, you know, because I was always the girl who loved watching women fight, you know, like that was my thing. Like I loved watching women fight because I love the Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that and Charlie's Angels, you know, and those reruns and the movies and stuff. So anytime there was women fighting, I was here for it. So Sailor Moon came on. I was like, okay, yes, these women look cute in their outfits and they're fighting and I love it. Um, And then Dragon Ball Z would come on and I would look at it and they were fighting and stuff and you know, my boyfriend who's on the chat right now, he loves, loves Dragon Ball Z. Like, there's so much lore to it that even I enjoy now, every now and again, even though I don't watch it as consistently as a lot of people do, like, I still appreciate it more. Then the older I got, the more I realized Dragon Ball Z is basically like wrestling with superpowers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Even though like, Dragon Ball Z was like the confirmation that I became an anime fan. Like, I I've seen shows back then that I didn't even know were anime because they because back then when I was a kid they kind of like like they sprinkle it in with all the car, other cartoons, yeah, uh, like Fox Kids. Like Sailor Moon was in that was in that list. You had the Ronin Warriors, and then you had this a very obscure show called Samurai Piece of Cats. Oh, it came on right before Sailor Moon back back then, and I didn't even know these were animes. And then years later, I saw Dragon Ball Z. And then years later, I found out that all those other shows were anime. Like, so I've always been a fan of anime. <laughs> yes, it was always there. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You realize they're always there, but you just really don't know like the specific name of it. But you know, once you realize it's there, you just don't let go of it. And then you get older and you realize what things are. You're just like, oh, okay, so that makes sense. 
So right. yeah, I get it. And then I also liked Yu-Gi-Oh too for a minute. Like that was really fun. Even though I never really got into the card game of it because me and card games outside of Uno just don't get along. Um, <laughs> so it was just hey, like, okay. Play Uno, that's a challenge in itself. Yeah, but Uno, Uno was a, a whole easier. fight. <laughs> Uno was a lot easier for me to grasp onto than any other card game. So we're not gonna talk about that. But either way, um, Yu-Gi-Oh was one of my favorites too. I like that as well. So anime is such a big deal now, and people are more into it, and it's more accepted now, and it's so great. And then we when you and you brought up the MCU, like that was a huge part of it because in 2008, you had the release of Iron Man, and that movie basically opened up the floodgates of what we now know as the MCU. That started, you know, the Avengers with Nick Fury and everyone else. And you had the other movies like Captain America and Thor and all of that, that made all these people come out and really, you know, bask in their... Um, I guess you could say nerdiness or blurtiness and just say, this is what I'm into. I love this. And it became more acceptable. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, so with that in mind, when did you decide that you were going to start building up, you know, your notoriety as Static Jones, the blurred and the cosplayer? Well, uh, this, uh, it's a funny story because I've been in the cosplay community since like 2010. Mm-hmm. Like back around 2010, I didn't really have much have any cosplays. I just knew a lot of cosplayers at the time. But in 2011, that's when I debuted my first cosplay, which was Static Shock. Hence, why I'm Static Jones. And it's my my name is basically my first two cosplays I ever done mixed together. Static oh. Shock was my first one, and then I end up doing Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles. And so I kind of mixed them together because I was I used to call myself static cosplay, but then uh a female cosplay with the same end up having the same name, she ended up getting more followers than me. And now I didn't want to get involved be involved in nothing because people would think I'm ripping her off, even though I was there first. But this, so I just decided to just give give myself a sec uh, a, a last name. So I just mixed the two cosplays I've I've done together, static jones. Static Shock and Casey Jones. Okay, that's smart. I like that. That's really cool. Um, and then in the midst of that, you know, you built that, you built up your notoriety. You combine Static Shock with Casey Jones, and then you've grown to just have all these amazing cosplays that I've seen. You've been Superman. You've been all kinds of things, like in the comments, uh, like my boyfriend said, a wrestler, Super Mario. And even more recently, you were even Jay Briscoe. Like, yes. rest in peace to him. Yes. You um, cosplayed as him. So it's just like you've cosplayed wrestlers, you know, multiple times. Like, you've just been all kinds of people, and you're just so creative, and it's just so colorful with the way that you stand out with it. Like, your cosplays are really, really beautiful. Like, Thank you. It's amazing. Yes. So I when did you... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go no, go ahead. Finish. So, when did you realize you were garnering a lot of attention from your cosplays? Well, I wanted to do something that sticks out because nowadays everybody wants to do the the mainstream anime characters. Like, mm -hmm. no matter which you go to, there's always going to be a a ton of Demon Slayer, My Hero, Dragon Ball Z cosplayers, and I and I wanted to do something in that line too, but I wanted to do something a little original. 
Hence why I kind of mix pop culture characters with pro wrestling. Uh, the first cosplay that got that got some attention was my Il Pikachu cosplay. Well, I'm, I pretty much mix Pikachu with Lucha Libre because that's my favorite style of pro wrestling. Uh, but here's the thing: I came up with that character first, and then and then uh, Pokin came out with a character called Pikachu Libre. And people think I'm doing that character. I was like, no, I came up with this first. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> sometimes that's how it be. Like sometimes, you know, you you don't know, but sometimes you might be on the same wavelength as somebody else. And then the both of you might come up with something similar. And you're just like, wait, no, he didn't do it. I did you know, but <laughs> but either way, that's still, you know, really cool that you combine those two things. Like sometimes, like, cause I remember one time I saw a person cosplay as Vegeta and Prince. Oh yeah, and, the, prince, the Prince of all says I've I seen, I've met him a couple of times. He's actually really cool. Yeah, like the first time I saw that online, I thought that was so sick because I'm a Prince fan. Like I love me some Prince, and then the fact that, and there's something that I find really fascinating is how people love Vegeta. <laughs> Even though growing up in my mind, I always saw Vegeta as a villain. I was just like, he's a villain. Why do people love him so much? No. But then as I got older, I started to realize, I guess, the appeal, I guess. So it's just like, you know, when you combine him being the prince of all saints and then combine prince with just being prince, you have something there. And that's just really amazing. Like, oh, my God. Like, I know the first time I cosplayed, I cosplayed as Captain Marvel because I loved her. And... I was just like, you know, I'm just going to dress up like her because growing up as a child, I did Halloween costumes because that was just normal for me. Like my mom was like, she would dress me up in different things. Like I think she dressed me up as an M&M when I was a baby. And then she dressed me up as a Tigger. And then I then I was dressed up as a pink Power Ranger one year, too. And I was feeling it way too much and got put in time out in kindergarten. But whatever. <laughs> um, but either way. I mean, I love the idea of cosplaying and costuming and it's just the the cutest thing and it's just so funny. And then something that I do admire is the fact that you have people who will um, create their own thing and make their own clothes and then get off into, you know, um, sewing and, you know, putting their clothes together and creating their own thing. And it's just a beautiful thing. And it's not really that different in wrestling either, because you have people like Bianca Belair who make their own gear by hand. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then even in wrestling, now you have more wrestlers who will have people make gear for them that's centered on a thing that they really love. Like, um, Seth Rollins in the time he was like sort of like a white Power Ranger or Johnny Gargano anytime he pays tribute to a Disney movie or a Marvel thing and stuff like that like that's the kind of stuff I love to see in wrestling like that's amazing stuff and cosplaying really is you know sort of penetrating itself into regular life and I love seeing stuff like that and right. there's an acceptance there it's really amazing so that's cool so what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles that you have faced as a blurred and how have you overcome them? Uh, when I like when it comes to cosplay, there's no really there's no real obstacle. I I I could I can't really say there's an obstacle. I just do it because I enjoy doing it. Right. And I gained a following because because 
and I, I didn't even think I was going to end up gaining a following for it, but I did. I just doing what I like to do, and and I ignore the uh, the hater because you know, us blood blurs we get a lot of we get racist comments. I didn't bother. I didn't let it bother me because the sad part is most of the stuff that that I see trolls say about me online, I've heard worse from my own people back then. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so. The the let me tell you the minor high school class of 06 through oh no six the class of 06 through ten we were some savages <laughs> we said and done some some stuff to us that I don't think no internet troll can top. Mm-hmm. So that so trolls never bothered me as much as others did. So I just continue doing what I do. Like yeah yeah go go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so essentially, you just know that you are going to do this because you love it and basically damn the haters, essentially. Yeah, that was, yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, go away. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a fly in your face and you're just, eh. yeah, you just right. make it make it go away and you just fly it away. Because at the end of the day, you're going to do you and you're not going to let any outside forces stand in your way with that. And I admire that. I really do. And then some of the most hurtful things can come from the people who are the closest to you. And that is really true. That's a lesson that I've even had to learn myself. Um, Some of the people who you love the most or the people who you would think would support you the most are the ones who hurt you the most too. And it's just, and it's painful, but it takes a lot of inner strength and a lot of inner work and healing in order to move past that and decide that you're going to be who you're going to be. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to stop. So, yeah, and, and a big, a big factor though, I will say, uh, you probably noticed I got more into fitness. Mm-hmm. Like gym, the gym life actually helps a lot. And it, relieves a lot of stress that I have from the world because outside of the cosplay scene, um, there's just some days where I'm just overwhelmed and then I go to the gym and all of that just gone. Just put me next to a bench with some with headphones, listen to some, to some of my favorite music and all that just disappears. So I... I mean, I get it's not for everybody, but I highly recommend uh, gym, going to the gym. Yeah, I've been seeing you've been getting your fitness on and stuff. And I think that's amazing, you know, because if that's your journey and you're trying to improve yourself, then, of course, you know, that is a form of therapy. So since you do do fitness, what would you say is like your favorite day? Is Do you love leg day or arm day? Like, which days are your favorite? Uh, I hate leg day. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I can't skip it. Yes. But I would have to say it's chest and arm day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I, I love those because I get to I get to test my limit with, with uh arm and leg day. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't go I don't go too crazy. I just like to see, okay, let's see if I could let's see if I could go just a few more reps, you know, just a few more reps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that- That's good. I'm glad that you're challenging yourself in that way. And basically, you know, finding that form of therapy. Like, I like that a lot. See, I just go for walks. So I'm just doing that little by little each time. Maybe I'll transition into gym life at some point. But for now, it's just the walking and I'm being more consistent with that. Um, And that's working out well for me in terms of that. And also, you know, taking out red meat 
that's working too. So yeah. Oh, that transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was that that was a struggle because mm-hmm. I love red meat. Uh I, I love steak. So had to take that out just to drop a couple pounds. It was hard to do, but I did it. Uh you'll I will say this, you'll grow tired of chicken and fish. Yeah. You do have your moments like where you get tired of that, but you know. And I'm a seafood guy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I it, it was I came to a it, it I got into a moment where I just got tired of seeing fish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I get it. You just get tired, but you know, the results are worth it. And right. it's much healthier in the long run. It clears you up and that's fine. So in the midst of all of your all the things that you do in life, you are also a part of Blurred Over, which is something I am so happy to have witnessed, you know, from its infancy um, with Skip. Shout out to him. And then you guys doing all kinds of amazing stuff with Black nerds in the community here in Birmingham and even expanding upon that. Like, what is your role specifically in Blurred Over and what has been the most rewarding part about the work that you do with Skip and everyone else in Blurred Over? Well, I'm somewhat of a hype man, and I'm also going to start covering wrestling for the brand. We, it's me, and it's, we also got Lorenzo who co- who covers Raw and SmackDown on mm-hmm. on the page, and I'm starting to cover AEW content, or at least as much as I can. I can't guarantee I'm going to cover Collision every week, but I will cover uh, Dynamite. Right. So yeah, we go, you're going to get we're going to get wrestling content out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm also the, the 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 veteran cosplayer of the group. Mm-hmm. So, but we we're all going to start doing more group cosplays together. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's we're trying to get them. Um, I can't, I don't think I should tell you this, but we got something in the works for Dragon Con. Just stay okay. Tuned. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say has been the most rewarding part of that of watching it grow into what it's become? Just uh, meeting a lot of fellow black nerds because I remember a time where there were very few of us in in the nerd community. Like mm-hmm. I was there, I was the token black guy in every friend group in the nerd community. And now, the, and now years later, there's more of us in the community. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful because I've seen people, you know, gathered around your tables and stuff at the conventions. Like even last year at Alabama Comic Con, we were next door to each other, you know, and people were um, gathered around your table, you know, learning more about your stuff and our stuff together. You know, like that was always the most beautiful thing because I remember meeting Skip in 2019 at Comic Con and he had cosplayed as one of the characters from Us. And I thought that was, you know, a really cool thing. And he just and he was such a good guy. And just hearing more about what he wanted to do, you know, just was just a beautiful thing. And seeing how he's gathered himself around you guys and balanced his regular life with doing the show, the podcast, while also doing more outside work and stuff like that. Even with kids, too. Like, that's the heart. That's the heartwarming part for me and my soul is seeing the work that you guys do with kids and letting them know that even at this tender age where they're still trying to find themselves that it's still very okay too. That's a lot of stuff that we didn't have growing up, you know, but it's beautiful to see that you guys are paying it forward and being, you're reaching backwards and being what you needed um, years ago to the kids now. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. 
Yeah, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. Like, y'all don't understand. Like, I'll be blessing my soul. Like, when I see it on social media, I'm like, look at her, look at her go. And, you know, it's great. I love it. So. And uh, we, we're trying to uh, start filming more skits because we, we kind of got inspired by uh, guys like King Vader, Caleb City, and uh, and DC, D, uh, RDC World. We, we kind of yeah. got inspired by them, and we're going to start making some of our own blurred over skits as well. Mm-hmm. Like it was, we, it's already starting to happen. Uh, we we got a few on on our YouTube right now. Okay, cool. Well, maybe you know eventually we'll be able to check that out, and then later on I'll have you plug everything that you're a part of, and then you can you know get more into that a little bit later. But that sounds incredibly promising, and I can't wait to see what that um, entails. So outside of cosplaying and really outside of fitness, what are some things that you like to do, you know, in your spare time? What do you do for fun? How do you unwind and, you know, take better care of you as a person? Well, um, I'm actually currently looking at other hobbies. I'm I'm trying, I, I, I do gaming most of the time, but, uh, my job and blurred over. I haven't really had time to really enjoy a good game lately. Mm-hmm. But I'm also looking to get into rock climbing. Okay. You mean like actual rock climbing, or like oh, the no. things that they do in the? Oh, not the actual rock climbing. Just the those uh those ones where you see a whole bunch of people just train and go up those little fake rocks. I'm trying to those, get more okay. into that. Yeah, I'm trying to get it try other th- uh other fitness related fitness related uh hobbies mm-hmm. trying to see how how good i am at climb <laughs> okay cool that sounds really nice like i think i may have tried that one time for fun and just didn't really like get fully into it but you know that's really cool um that you're starting doing that and then hopefully you'll get more into gaming like I know my boyfriend just bought um, Street Fighter Six, so I can't wait to start playing that. Um, and then Zelina Vega is a commentator on there, and that's my favorite. Right? I love her. I love her so, so much. And so getting to play that game and hear her voice is just going to be so lit. Like, I cannot wait for that. So. I ain't going to lie. I had the biggest crush on her even during her TNA days when she was as, when she was known as Rosita. I yes. used to love her. Oh, my God. It's not seeing her come this far. I ain't gonna lie, I got a little bit of jealous when she married Malachi Black. <laughs> oh. I, got, I was like, hey. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, hey, it's okay. I mean, love is love, but you know, crushes are crushes, but I get it. I get it. Um, I seriously love her and watching her grow and hearing about her life story is just amazing. And seeing the moments that she's having this year, like I'm definitely pushing for her to win money in the bank this year. Oh, like absolutely. I really am. She is my fave for it. And I've been wanting her to have more for a long time anyway, but seeing the way that she was, you know, embraced at Backlash, you know, going back to Puerto Rico and everything and having her moment versus Rhea, um, even though she didn't win per se, it's just the moment that she had. And then, you know, she's qualified for the match now. So fingers crossed, I'm really hoping that she'll make it all the way through and she wins because she deserves to have a title. Okay. Like that's just what I want for her. So So shout out big ups to Zelina Vega and big ups to Malachi Black too, because he does cool stuff as well. Yeah. He's opened up a gym now. 
Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, he's about to. He's him and uh, he's actually like fixing it up now. Like he's about to start his own little gym. Oh, cool! That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I actually follow him on TikTok. Like he get like he doesn't really he doesn't really uh upload much, but when he does, he shows some of his workout routines, and he actually showed like a little footage of his gym. Is is they just built it up? Now he just got to put the stuff in. Cool. Like that's really good. I love that. So in speaking more about wrestling, there is so much and has been so much that has happened in the wrestling landscape in like the past three years when you think of, you know, the pandemic and even after that point, like there's been so much that's happened. Um, so how are you feeling about the state of wrestling now and what's good about it and what can be improved upon it in your opinion? Uh, well, when, when it, for, for, for AEW, Stop having Tony Tony Khan stop doing announcements every week. <laughs> every... <laughs> okay. Like you know, every week is a special announcement, and then when you when we get when we get it, it's like, oh, that's it. All right. All right. <laughs> but uh, for WWE, no people ain't gonna like it. But this gotta this gotta let it go. Let Triple H run with the ball. Cause we was it was everybody was having a good time till he got back in charge. Cause, mm-hmm. Cause I felt like like when Triple H was in charge, people felt at ease. Like a lot of the got people in the back, they felt like they weren't walking on eggshells anymore. They was getting comfortable and they was they, they was getting comfortable to do whatever they was trying to do. You can't really do that when Vince is still running the show. And I heard that for the past three weeks now, he rewrote the whole show of Raw before they went live. So you can't, you can't, then you kind of messing up the, the vibe. <laughs> yeah, that is, you know, I feel like those, those are very valid concerns. But then another part of me wonders if, you know, there's actual, like, proof of him actually doing it. Because it's just, I know they were saying a lot about him possibly being, you know, behind the scenes and doing stuff like that even after WrestleMania. Like, even though, of course, I was on that high because I was in L.A. for all of that week and then I came home and everything was just like, you know, but still... Um, there were lots, there was lots of fear at that time because of course you had the rumor of him coming back and working more. And then you also had the combination of WWE and UFC, which went forward that day as well. There was so much of that happening. And I do agree with you that of course, Vince McMahon, as polarizing as he may be, you know, he did revolutionize wrestling on the national level and the global level. I'm not taking that away from him. At all. But, you know, not at all. You know, he did do that. But at the same time, there have been times where power can definitely corrupt and you sort of think and sort of feel that he wants to be able to run everything because he's done it for so long. And at some point you do have to realize that there's that there's levels to growth that's happening in the world that just doesn't fit, you know, your mindset. And hopefully at some point, you know, there can be 
you know, a meeting of the minds that the both of them can have him and Triple H, you know, of course, since they're family that they can have um, where one can work with the other or one can actually, you know, step aside and let the other one do more and let us have fun and all that other stuff. But, you know, I get that those concerns are very valid because, of course, you know, at one point it's been it's been said multiple times that a lot of people feel like, you know, it's not as successful or it's not as good or WWE isn't as good when Vince McMahon is running the show and it's sluggish and all this other stuff. But then when Triple H runs it, it makes more sense. It's more cohesive and all this other stuff. And mind you, I do not work behind the scenes, so I cannot say, I cannot confirm or deny anything myself. But I just know that I just want what's best for wrestling as a whole. And if it means that they can come together and work, then that's fine. But if one of them, you know, is more favored than the other, then maybe there can be a compromise there. I don't know. It's just really crazy. So, and then when it comes to AEW and his announcements, you know... It's really funny how it happens because Tony Khan says, we have an announcement and you're expecting it to be, you know, something that's off the rails or something. And then it turns out it's something that you sort of heard rumors about or read about somehow, or it's something that really isn't that big of a deal. But, you know, I feel like since AEW is relatively new, everything's big to them. So maybe that's what it is, but I don't know. They're still finding their way. So, you know, I feel like Grace can be involved with them in some cases. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is great about wrestling? There's a lot of it now. Because if 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 you're not feeling the the WWE product, you could watch AEW and and Ring of Honor, because he owns Ring of Honor now, and I actually got the Honor Club now. I actually dropped Disney Plus to get the Honor Club. Mm-hmm. And I and I and that was a good investment because I'm enjoying all the content. They have con they actually have specials for wrestlers who wrestled with Ring of Honor, but now are big stars now. They got special mm-hmm. for Brian Danielson, they got one for AJ, they got one for Seth Rollins, well, Tyler Black, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. they got one for. I think they're working on one for the Briscoes, but they got yeah. one. They got one uh, for Joe. They got one for CM Punk, and plus they got a whole bunch of uh, of content before uh, Tony Khan bought the company. So you get to go back and watch old matches. I I kind of I was tuning in to when Bandito was the ROH World Champion. A lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, Bandito's a force to be reckoned with. I ho- I just wish that they would use him more instead of just throwing him in these random matches with other other characters. Because I'm a big, as you can tell, I'm a big Bandito fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And then, of course, you know, even if you don't necessarily watch AEW or Ring of Honor, you can also watch, you know, Impact. You can also watch WoW. You can also watch yeah. all kinds of other wrestling shows and even go to indie shows as well. So, Wrestling is everywhere. You really can't escape it at this point. <laughs> it I comes mean, on every day, almost. Yeah, every day. And it's, it's something for everybody. I mean, yeah. there was a wrestling show at MomoCon. We we just got back from MomoCon last week. There was mm-hmm. a wrestling show there. Yeah. Yeah. It's lots of cool stuff, you know, to embrace as a wrestling fan. And that's what I do love about it. Like, 
Because when I first started my podcast three years ago, I was admittedly just a WWE girl because that was the only thing that was accessible to me at the time. Um, but of course, doing the podcast and getting more into wrestling journalism has inspired me to, you know, reach out more and expand my knowledge more in wrestling. And of course, with the advent of Mercedes Monet, you know, and everything she's doing, I've gotten into Japanese wrestling a whole lot more, especially Japanese women's wrestling. So that has been a journey and it's been amazing. And I appreciate it so much you know, for what it's given us on the mainstream side. And I also appreciate, you know, why they're getting and garnering more attention in terms of wrestling news now, because the stuff that they do is pretty sick. So um, I'm really happy that they're having their moment, you know, even before Mercedes Monet, you know, started with New Japan and stardom, you know, they were having their moment and now they're having even more of a moment um, because of it. And I'm so glad to see all of these people thriving um, in their own way. So who would you say is your top five wrestlers of all time, male, female, or non-binary? Oh, you put me in this position. Oh, <laughs> um, of all time, I would have to go with Austin, Rock, Taker, Eddie, and Michaels. It's pretty solid five. Really solid five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you, I wish you would have gave me like top ten because I would have threw Booker in there at, at number six. Oh well. Who are your other favorites? All right. Since, of... since I got to name the other five, all right. Here we go. Yes. Booker, Booker T. Uh, Rob Van Dam. Oh yes. Trish Stratus. Sting. And. AJ Styles. That's a pretty solid 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a really solid, you know, top 10. And I appreciate that. You know, a lot of people have a hard time, you know, with that question. But, you know, I'll give you, I give you the wiggle room for a 10. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, it, I usually. And there's no particular order. That's just the first. When you ask me who are my favorite wrestlers, like a top 10, it's just those 10, but no special order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I 100% get it. So have you, in terms of like going into like more shows outside of um, WWE or AEW shows, like have you been to any independent shows? Oh, yes. Like 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 I mentioned earlier, uh, Momocon had their own little independent promotion at, uh, they recently, uh, for two years straight, they had their own little independent wrestling promotion. Yeah. Uh, in, at the convention and I just walked by and I saw a ring and said, wait a minute, they got wrestling? Oh, yes, sir. Let us see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I met some cool people. Like, there's some pretty interesting young guys coming up. So I I, I can already see a lot of them. They, uh, I can already say, I can say that a lot of them are going to be something in a couple of years. Yeah, there's some yeah. solid female wrestlers. Shalancy uh, Sh Royale, I, I met her in person. Uh, two times. She's she's really cool. She follows me now on Instagram. Mm hmm. She's amazing. Like she's been the um OVW Women's Champion for over two hundred days. Right. And right. then I love seeing her coming to herself because I actually met her at Belladonna and got to commentate for her for my first show. She was amazing even then. And it's just seeing her grow. 
um, into this champion. Now, I really feel like she she is going to be a star wherever she decides to go. I cannot wait to see what more she's going to do. Like, I love her so much. She's so sweet. And she did a really good job with her match with Ty Conti and uh, at AEW Dark. Yes. Yeah, I, I was so happy for her. Like, I, two people that I know wrestle in Dark is uh, Big Smooth and Shalonsi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Smooth, they, they both did a great job. I was so happy for them. Yes, I had Big Smooth on my show when I was just doing audio, and I feel like it's it's well overdue for me and him to have a face to face. Well yeah, overdue. He he's hilarious. Like uh, the time the times I talked to him, uh, I me and uh, <laughs> sorry, but um, first phone me, call me, on the me, Hardy Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> yeah, me and a, me and a friend, we we was uh. They they let us be they they was uh they used us to be the cameraman at these indie shows and Big Smooth was was a part of a lot of them and I ended up becoming friends with him. He's he's hilarious and when when you get to know him. Mm-hmm. Completely the exact opposite of his in-ring presence. <laughs> That's yeah, how he usually is. Like you like you have the meanest wrestler, the biggest heel, and they turn out to be the nicest per- person you nicest people you'll ever meet. Yes, like Big Smooth, he's a very intimidating figure in that ring. When he gets in that ring, he handles his business, okay? Right. I love it. I love his persona that he has. It's it's really cool. And it's just really amazing when you look at the indies and you see these people rise up, and then eventually when you see them on TV, you be like, I remember you win, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's like the equivalent to uh to to an indie rapper or an indie band that you that you really like. And they mm-hmm. somehow get and and they eventually make it mainstream, and you'd be so happy for them. That's the exact. That's the exact. Uh, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And speaking of mean people in wrestling, I do have one question for you, though. How do you feel about this bloodline storyline? And how do you feel about its chapters and where it's currently going? Because of course, you know that's the biggest, biggest story that's been permeating throughout wrestling in the past three years so how are you feeling about where it's going and what it's doing for wrestling as a whole it's it's probably one of the best things wwe is is doing right now and you actually get to see the acting chops of the usos like jay has i mean is it yeah jay jay's his performance has been great uh, Jay, I became a huge fan of Jay Uso just by himself. Like, I always liked the Usos, but now I get to see what, how they both act outside of their in-ring performance. I'm a, I'm a fan of Jay Uso. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy really surprised me, too. Like, I like that's what I like about this storyline. Like, like in, they make every character seem important. Like, no one's in the background. You can't really say that with a lot of stable storylines. They, with every successful stable storyline, there's always a few that's just in the background. With the bloodline, everybody's important. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about this story. Yeah, because it's like because of this story, there have been people um, highlighted in a way that you didn't think was even possible at this point because a lot of the people involved in this storyline are people who are like, Pillars, in a way, if you could use that word. Pillars of our lives when it comes to wrestling in the past 10 years or 20 years even. Like when you think of Paul Heyman as an advocate, you know, and 
looking at him being the wise man of Roman. It's like there's a whole litany of fans now who might not have known who he was to wrestling back in the day who know who he is now. And then they can find that out. And then you have Solo who came from NXT, but then also had a following in the indies as well. He's a part of that family, but he has more exposure because of that, you know, as the enforcer. Um, and also as the Usos brother too. And you have the Usos, who's probably one of the greatest tag teams ever. Um, twin brothers, sons of Rikishi, you know, just like Solo and everything. And you're seeing them individually stand out as well as you've always known them as a collective. You know, they won titles multiple times. They were always the dudes who you could count on for a little bit of a laugh, you know, but then they'll get serious. But now you see them in a whole new way and in a whole new light. Like seeing the main event WrestleMania this year against Kevin and Sammy was amazing. It was amazing stuff right there. Like that's that's not something you thought you'd ever see in the main event of a WrestleMania ever. But the fact that it happened, you know, off the strength of that story is just it's it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really happy for Kevin and Sammy because I used to watch these guys in Ring of Honor as a team. Like back when Sammy had the mask on as El Generico. Exactly. Uh, I watched these guys when they when they debuted as a team to when they broke up and had to fight each other in Ring of Honor. And now to see them years later, they're at they're a team again and they win the tag team titles at the biggest stage. That's so cool. It really is. Like their evolution is definitely something and you love to see it. And then you have these moments where Sami Zayn is able to have like WrestleMania caliber matches with Roman in his hometown in Canada. And then even recently with Night of Champions, when he was able to go back to Saudi Arabia and reconnect with family members that he hadn't seen in so long due to other stuff. Right. And um, and then him speaking in Arabic to them, just like he was speaking in French to the Canadians. It's just like Sammy is having this big moment. And then you have Kevin along with him as his friend watching all this happen. They rose up together and it's just a beautiful thing. And then, of course, you got Roman Reigns, who <laughs> is another polarizing personality um, in terms of his rise in the business. But, you know, he's done the work and he's put the work in to get to where he is, You, you know. Even though a lot of people had their feelings about him, he did work really hard to get to where he's at, you know, to have main event in WrestleMania as many times as he has, to make all the milestones that he has. Like, he's done a lot. And then survived cancer in the midst of all that. Like, child. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, he deserves it all, really. So You ain't got to like him, but you better respect him. <laughs> exactly. Like, he has done a lot. And... It's insane when you sit and think about it. And all and this story has highlighted all these men in such a beautiful way. And you love to see it. Maybe one day they'll get an Emmy. Maybe one day it'll take the Emmys creating a WWE or a wrestling um, Emmy specifically for them to win it. Like, I don't care what it takes. They deserve some. <laughs> they deserve something. Because yeah, they've, they've just been giving us a lot. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, it's fun. I love it. So before I let you go, one more question. What do you say the future holds for you, Static Jones? Uh, I'll continue in doing good things with Blurred Over. And hopefully my more people start looking at my content because I'm already kind of getting noticed in the wrestling community. Like the Brock Lesnar video I did, 
Yes. I, I did not expect that video to blow up, but it got more people looking at me. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I, I was just pretty much, but that's how uh that's how I, I make my content. Like I try to make make content without that that, that de demonstrates my uh my frustrations with something, but do it in a comedic fashion. I don't want to come off like most of the other wrestling content creators who start just ranting on in front of the camera. I want to do what if something really frustrates me, I'm gonna showcase it, but do it in a comedic way. Mm -hmm. Like the, the whole thing with Brock Lesnar just taking the bill from all the black wrestlers just annoyed me to no end. Like, like think about it, even The Rock, he beat The Rock for the title. He beat Kofi for the title. He beat Big E for the title. He beat Bobby for the title. It, it, just, it just frustrated me. And then I decided just, you know what? I should make a TikTok about it. And I, I thought it was funny, but I did not think other people was going to like latch onto it in the way they did. My, I'm getting like 557K views off of this. Like, what? <laughs> Yes. And it was, and because it was funny and because of the way you put it, you know, that's why it got the attention it did. And it was really funny. Like, cause when I saw it, I had actually said something similar on a past episode, you know, of my show. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I said it, you know, and it was received well, but it was just like the way you said it, it was just like, boom, here it is. Here's this visual example, this visual representation of it. And it really resonated with folks and it made people laugh. So, hey, it worked and it was hysterical. I couldn't stop it. It was funny. The moment I got YouTube reactors reacting to my video, I was like, wait, what? Because oh. I didn't even know this was happening. Like, I'm just over here at work, just, my, just, just, uh, just going through the day at work. Then most of my my friends, um, my most of my cosplay friends and most of my wrestling friends, they inbox me. Hey, you know, the, you know, so and so is reacting to your videos. Like, what? There are YouTubers that are popular that I didn't even know that I didn't even know anything about. They reacting to to the video. I was like, what? No way! It's That's it's so crazy. Wonderful. That's so wonderful. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I just kind of blanked out. But hopefully, you know, the more content you create, the more cosplays you do, the more attention you'll get. And you never know what type of opportunities will spring from that. For all we know, you could be like a like like a a big muscle-bound person in an MCU movie one day or a DC film. You never know. Hey, whatever I'm, whatever I do, I hope I can monetize it. <laughs> exactly. I, yes. My goal is like to actually monetize the stuff that I do. Now, find mm -hmm. a way to monetize it. Mm hmm. But of course, you know, you're in a good place when you when you you know realize that it would be good to have it monetized. But at the same time, you're in a place where you know it fulfills you creatively, and you don't necessarily have to do it for the money. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're in a good place and hopefully that good place will continue to, you know, bask upon your life and it'll just be amazing. So Static Jones, thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. I got one more thing. Uh, but I got one thing that was like an inspiration to me making vi wrestling videos like that. You ever heard of Cloudy McDoom? Yes. Oh, 
yeah, he's he's been a good friend of mine for for a long time, and I kind of want to do a wrestling version of what he does with anime mm -hmm. and gaming. I kind of want to get into doing that, but with pro wrestling. Mm hmm. So yeah. I be I be wanting to run into him so bad because ever since I found out he was from Birmingham, I wanted to like I I just can't get over it, and I never we're never in the same place, and it frustrates me. <laughs> Yeah, ever since he got big, he's been invited to a lot of cons out of state. Like he, mm -hmm. he rarely comes to any of the uh, Birmingham conventions now. But hey, I'm happy for him. Like it's been a minute since I've seen him. Like uh, I, I ran into him at MomoCon, and mm -hmm. I get, I, I promise you, that is the most recent time I've seen him. This dude is hella busy. Yes. And I love that for him, but you know, I would just love to meet him one day, maybe have him on the show. Like, I don't know, like just, just even if I just get to meet him and just say hi, you know, that, that would be cool too. So Clyder McDoom is very inspiring and his stuff is really funny. Um, I'll never forget the time my boyfriend was actually on his live and he was doing one of the cosplays he was doing for um, Red Dead Redemption. And oh, that's one of my boyfriend's favorite games. And he mispronounced his name and it was hilarious. <laughs> and me and my boyfriend <laughs> laughed about that for days. <laughs> like he loves him so much. But yeah, it's Cloudy McDoom. He's a blessed soul. And hopefully one day, you know, we can meet each other and our paths will, you know, inevitably cross. You never know. But yeah, just tell everybody where they can find and follow you and, you know, what else you've got going on, Static. And again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, first of all, follow Blurred over on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're all every single uh, social media outlet, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that. Blurred over, one word, B-L-R-E-D-O-V-E-R. Mm -hmm. And and if you like what I do, follow me on follow me on Instagram static underscore Jones, and follow me on TikTok with the same name static underscore Jones, and follow me on Twitter. If I don't post much on Twitter, but if you want to follow me, that's fine. It's Jones underscore static. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And of course, you know if you want to follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy. Um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. And follow the show on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod. And this episode will be up on the YouTube. So if you want to watch it, subscribe to the YouTube channel as the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and find the purple and blue and pink logo. Um, because, of course, if you do search for Hardy, you might get Matt, you might get Jeff. But if it's neither one of them, it's me. So find me. And that's where you can find me at. Hey, who knows? You might get the blue check mark someday. Hey, one day. <laughs> yes. And of course, you know, if you want more of me, you can find me on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, on Wild Superheroes After Show on Mondays with Katrina Blake and Emily May Heller. You can also find me on the SmackDown After Show with our editor-in-chief, Drian Santana, on Friday nights after SmackDown. And, um, and follow us on WW Talk Pod. So in the meantime, in between time, this is the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. And until next time, bye, y'all.